All right, you ready? This is the Trail Runners Experience. I'm your host, Daniel Ferrugia. Let's go. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I'm joined by co-host Daniel Faruga and today by Alan Davis, who uh, is the head of AAA Racing and Coaching. Now, did I get all that correct? Just about, yeah, you're pretty good. You got my name pretty wrong. Pretty good. <laughs> did I? Ferugia. Ferugia? Yeah. That doesn't matter. It's close enough. Yeah. There you go. No one ever gets my name right, so I just use that as an excuse. That's fine. I'm going to have, have that as the introduction every week. Welcome to... So, that's perfect. Beautiful. This is Ashley in all his natural beauty. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show, uh, Alan. Thank you. Thanks. Happy to be here. Excellent. So, um, I, sorry, I cut you off, Ash, but um, Alan, did you want to tell us a little bit about um, who you... just? In, in 500 words or less, who you are and where you're from. <laughs> All right. Um, look, um, I'm a, I come from Wales originally. Came to Australia 17 years ago. Um, I was a mountain biker, not much running, um, golfer, rugby union, that sort of thing. Did some coaching as well, um, and got into the ultra running, trail running scene here in Australia. I um, set up uh, or founded Run Queensland um, and uh, left Run Queensland just a couple of years ago to set up AAA Racing because uh, I felt it was uh, the sort of direction I wanted to go in was one that covered a lot of um, a lot of different bases as opposed to becoming a, sort of a one, one-trick pony for want of a better expression. I don't mean that to be offensive yeah. or anything, but not just about a trail, an ultra, you know, just do things a bit differently. Um, started coaching again a couple of years ago, and um, so we've got now a pretty good, um, a pretty good group of uh, clients that, and a team that we that, that we're training. And obviously, we've got a, a, an expanding calendar of events that we, most of which are trial events that we're just trying out and just seeing how the land lies, like our hill climb challenge and. Um, uh, the last one standing event that, would, that took place in August. Um, you know, you never know how things are going to go. So we're just trying to we're just trying to, to diversify a bit and have a you know anybody can go and run on the trails anytime they want to. You know, yeah. um, but when you pay good money to go in an event of any kind or or um, or even our coaching side of things, you sort of perhaps want something a bit different. You know, you can um, even with the coaching, you can download. A pretty reasonable coaching program from the internet and a lot of people do but um, making it really personalized and fit you um, is a different thing altogether and we try and do that with our coaching and with the events as well and just make it make things something that everybody might be interested in for different reasons as opposed to only having a specific demographic for a specific event you know um, yeah just have a bit more to it so we, we just about uh, just trying to, uh, it sounds very, very cheesy, uh, but um, we, we tried to be very, very inclusive. You know, we had a, we had yeah. a 
visually impaired runner at the last one standing. We've got two visually impaired runners running um, next year. Uh, we had a, a lad with a, a, a learning impairment run with us at Kyogo. We had a half marathon down there uh, in April. So we, it's, people have genuinely different different abilities, uh, different capabilities. Yeah. Um, and just a different sort of, you know, just just trying to get get a bit more fun into things. You know, the things that people have seemed to have started to take a bit, not too seriously, but very seriously. And you know, there's always scope for um, a competitive competitive element in our events, and we don't we don't eliminate that. There's always a bit of competition. We want, but we want the guys that uh, traditionally the also runs, you know, the middle of the pack and the back of the pack, as we want them to be able to get something out of it as well. You know, we um, yeah. we do. Um, I mean, the butter the butter event we had on the weekend, which was a track ultra. Uh, we don't have any um, we don't have any podium trophies. Right. We just have a compromise whereby um, everybody gets a a memento, sort of like a trophy, but but it's no it different. Like a milk bottle. It was um, it was um, I don't I don't know what they're supposed to be actually. Um, they come from Ikea originally. I, I think you can do anything with them, put flower vases in them, or I, you know, I don't know what. Um, well, as soon as I saw it, I thought you were genuinely having a go at butter, and it was crazy. <laughs> you were going to turn into well, butter. Well, no, the, the reason, well, last year we made, um, we, we used some chopping boards with a handle on them. So it's like a paddle. If you can imagine a, a ping pong paddle, but square. Uh, and made a timber, so they're like traditional butter paddles that they use to shape butter blocks, and that's why we did that last year. Um, but it's funny you say that. We just thought this time we put a message in the bottle, so it had your results in it. You know what huh. event you did, how far you did, and the message in the bottle being the the last hope of those in despair and those that have been abandoned. You know, as you as you're going around the track for 24 hours in the middle of the night. But but now you mentioned the middle ball. Well, I suppose yeah, there's a connection there that we didn't pick up on. But but uh, I should have, I should have made more of that and marketed it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but that's what, as soon as I saw the photo, that's what I picked up. I went, oh, there we go. So it's perfect. So the bottom line is, yeah, we, we try and do things a little bit different, try and do things that will, somebody will get something out of, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but we, we try, and, try and be as inclusive as we can, you know, and, uh, and um, because, you know, and we do this full time now, I, I give up my, I work in IT for 30 years and gave that away um, two years ago. Two and a half years ago, yeah. Um, because I felt we, we couldn't really do this. Um, and and one other when we when with we run Queensland, um, I mean we had three partners. One was sort of more or less retired. The other had a couple of part-time jobs, and I was working full-time, um, eight to five, you know, um, and then working hours and hours in the evening. Uh, so I packed the job in and and. Um, then realised the more I got into what we were doing at Van Queensland, the more it wasn't what I yeah. started it for. So, 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 and that's why you know we figured if you know we, we expect people to, or hope for people to commit to us uh, as clients and as participants, and and in return, I think uh, we just try our best to be as committed as we can to to giving them the best experience as they can, whatever they purpose wherever they go you know so that's uh, that's pretty much where we are fantastic um 
I'm I uh, I really like it and just to be I mean it was it was a little bit over 500 words we were just a bit over 500 yeah sorry bro. but but you know what that's perfect no you I I like people to run free um it's really good and you answered two of my my follow up questions without me even having to ask them so it's really good um so as a um obviously you're a runner first and foremost yeah and so would you call yourself uh, a, a runner no not really um like my, my 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 father um, was a very good runner. He, he well was a very good runner. He's still with us, thankfully. But um, he in his day he was, he's very good. He was uh, a better rugby player than he was a runner apparently. But he preferred running, and he was that that really didn't fit in with um, it didn't really didn't fit in with the way people are in Wales. You know, uh, it's rugby, rugby, rugby. Like yeah. New Zealand actually. Um, but um, and I and I used to see him come home from training runs, you know, so through the seventies, you know, as I was growing up, and um, uh, and this is in a day when you wouldn't take a bottle of water out with you or anything like that, you know. There'd be, there's no water stops, or he'd go out run cross country in Wales and go into a twenty mile training run, and and he'd be he'd be wrecked in a way that I've never been after a training session, however hard it's been. Uh, and I've never seen anybody look like he did when he was trying to go so hard. And I used to say, in, inwardly, he was just bugger that. I, I don't know what the appeal is. <laughs> I just couldn't get it. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I only got into running by accident. I was I did a lot of mountain biking. As I said, I was rugby from school and uh, played golf at quite a good level. And um, but I got into some fitness coaching and and a little bit of run coaching, even though it wasn't really my thing. Uh, but then when I got to Australia, um, I spent a couple of years sat behind the desk, uh, sort of rebuilding my career a little bit, and um, yeah. got out and fit. Uh, I'd, be, I'd been quite big and sort of gym fit, um, so I just got very, you know, just out of shape, out of condition, overweight, and um, I thought I'd done a half marathon or two back in the UK, and I knew that would get me fit. Um, as much as I wouldn't like it, so I started looking for something to train towards to, to get back in shape. Uh, and I just, I just came across the uh, the Glasshouse uh, Opera Running Scene, the Glasshouse Trail Series, as it is now. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so oh, 50k. I thought I'd never heard of that. Didn't even didn't even know people run that sort of distance. <laughs> and my ego kicked in, and uh, and and that's how I got into it about 12 years ago. So. Um, Fantastic. So I met, loved it then, but I got more into triathlon and what have you until I got injured about uh, 20 months ago. So, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I don't think I'm a I don't regard myself as a runner. I'm very capable when I'm fit, but um, it's it's the finish of it and the achievement I enjoy more than the actual time I'm taking part. Do you know what I mean? I do enjoy it. I do I'd be be out in the bush, but it's, I think it's a different reasons than being just out there running so I'm not your typical sort of trail runner ultra runner just runner it's, uh, but um, yeah. I have a very good insight into it I figure excellent um, Ash you did um, the is it the last one is that the Clint Eastwood one that um, that you that's, just, the, that's the Clint Eastwood one yeah, yeah. it's Els Bent and, uh, and so, so uh, you've got first hand uh, experience Ash at um at Alan's events, to, like, what's your experience of it? 
Was it like how? Of his events in general, or in general, particular event? No, in general. I mean, you know, in general. Do you give his me... his events are, are down to earth. They're simple. They're great value for money. And um, the other thing is, as Al said at the start, like there's a, a massive group of really different people doing them, and so it's not all elites by any means. That's very inclusive. Um, and yeah, it's I've I've done a, quite a few of his events, and they're they're great fun. They really are good fun. There you go. Um, and they're just they're, wouldn't call them backyard because they organise them really well, but they they feel really homely. Yeah. The the events you, you feel really included. You don't feel like you're turning up to a massive um, like a corporate you know, event. Rock, like rock. Yeah, it doesn't feel corporate. It feels if you feel like part of the family when you turn up to his events. Yeah, that's awesome. I um, I mean, you look at events that's like. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, Alan, you know, you're familiar with UTA and all that, you know, like the big, the big events. Is that somewhere you'd like to take your events to that sort of level? You know, where... um, the, the, the thing is this, um, it, it'd be great. Uh, everybody on the trail scene looks at events like um, UTA, obviously, down in the Blue Mountains and um, Tarawera and that sort of thing. But the, 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 the trail ultra scene for want of a better expression has almost become a, a thing of its own in its own right as opposed to the trail running scene and the ultra running scene it, it's become something else yeah I, I think you know those sort of events are very big they're typically very well organized um but there's a lot of there's a lot of revenue being generated there yeah um, and I just, well, look, don't get me wrong, I'd love to be able to put on two events a year that have 10,000 people in, and I could change the car every year, I could, you know, and I could put yeah. on a good event because the revenue would be there, and that'd be fantastic. But, but I, when I, when we, when we set up AAA Racing, um, I'd really good sit down and think about what, what we needed out of it. And when I say we, I mean myself and Susanna, my wife, and, um, well, if she's not, she'll tell you that, she has nothing to do with it and she just helps out a bit but it's not really true but so i say we as opposed to me but um i had a really good think about what we needed to get from it and and how to arrive at that um and like the, the brisbane valley rail trail 100 mile event which first time up was last year i think we charged 290 dollars for it yeah. and and to be honest with you, the only reason it, we charged that was because i needed a a starting point um, that was consummate with existing events, so, so I wasn't uh, outpricing myself and would really seem fair, you know. Uh, and a typical 100k event now, um, it's well over $300 uh, yeah. per registration. Um, like I, I can't remember how much UTA is. Black Oval 100 is now $370. Um, so anyway, I thought I thought around the $300 mark was fine, and. We went through last year's calendar and I sit down at the end of the year again and again arrived at that point, what do we really need from it? And whilst we want 500,000, 2,000 runners in an event, what I need is enough participation, a big enough participation to to generate enough revenue to put the event on well. And yeah. to put it on well means safely, to put it on in a manner that people are just going to have a good time out there. Um, 
in such a way that, that they'll have some sort of memento or reward for it. Um, we, we've dropped the ball a little bit, you know, quite several times over the last year with what we've given out, you know, as finished. We like we we we've had a bench where you don't give anything out, you know, uh, because yeah. it seems a bit tokenistic and seeing how people's feel for that is, and you know, that that goes down like a lead balloon to some people. So we've learned a bit from that. But I, I figured out what I needed was. As I said, enough revenue to put the event on, to put it on well and safely, uh, and to make a wage that we could live on as well, you know? Because um, unfortunately, the money has to be there. Nobody likes to talk about it, but it has to be there. Um, so I figured, well, to do that, the answer is not to charge somebody $300 to do 100K or 100 miles, um, it's to make it more of value so uh, but and, and try and encourage more people in there you know yeah uh, as opposed to okay well i'm only going to get 150 people here so to 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 make money out of this i've got to charge them 300 dollars um when maybe the solution is or this is the way we see it is well no we charge them 240 dollars and just try and get more people and make the event more attractive yeah to get more people in it because because it's not worth 300 dollars to go and do something like that you know yeah um and, and, that, and that's that, that was the way i was thinking when so the end of last year we um we, we, we dropped every price we had from the throughout last year's calendar so this year's reflected that we dropped our registration fees and just come to some sort of middle ground which we think is fair and uh, and again it, it, it comes back to that um the, the inclusion and, and yeah, that, that aspect of it uh, is that, you know, people are doing it tough out there. They really are. Most people are. Um, and if you want to take part in something as opposed to go for a run on your own every weekend, which we all do anyway, yeah. um, if you want to be part of the scene and do that, if you can't afford like three, four hundred dollars, if you've got kids, young family, that sort of thing, then, you know, you're very limited as to what you can take part in. But if that's a little bit more reachable, and a little bit more affordable, you know. That then, then obviously that makes it more appealing as well. And um, um, and you know, I, I don't need to be driving around in a in a in a nice fast car and a, and a, you know living in a big house and all the rest of it. And you know, we just in it because we enjoy doing it. Is you know, you know, they say about oh, find something you like doing and make it your job. Yeah. You know, well, it's great, but but. Um, but as I said, the money's got to be there. But it's only a certain amount of money that has to be there. It has to be. Uh, I think it has to be reasonable, uh, and and that's what we've. And based on what Ashley was um, saying about the like the last one standing and a couple of events, if you're very comfortable and um, very sort of homely, like your backyard sort of thing, just a bunch of mates doing doing something, maybe you'd look at it like. Um, yeah. It's exactly what we're trying to achieve. Is trying to do, be, be very informal and very. Um, very friendly, and, and as a result, of course, we we see a lot of the same faces as well. So it is very friendly a lot because we we know each other. I know a lot of the running community any, community anyway. Um, but we try and get it so that it's not that pressurised situation with this massive expectation. And uh, and I think last was standing, it was under thirty five dollars. Um, but potentially we were looking after athletes, many athletes for over thirty hours. Yeah, you know. So, uh, so we try and keep it reasonable and, and make sure that it it, it it pays for itself. Um, bottom line, without being greedy, I guess, and so, so we can still give back as much as we can and, and keep that sort of 
informal sort of um, feel about it. Fantastic. I think I really a lot of people really appreciate that. Here in South Australia, we've got um, a, quite a lot of trail running has become quite big as well, and. Um, one of the organisations is Trail Running SA, and they're a fantastic organisation, and they have a similar ethos to you in terms of they try and keep their event. They don't do ultra. Oh, they've got one ultra in their calendar, but it's all sub ultra distance, and um, <clears throat> and they do, and it's all the focus is on low cost and just and really just getting everyone to involve. And we we had um they had fourteen hundred people turn no, up. I'm to missing them. the rest of that just a minute. Oh, got me now. Daniel. Yo. You disappeared, mate. So, tr like with Trail Running SA... You disappeared again. Oh, you're losing me? Oh. Yeah, well, you're dropping in now. Really? Okay. Yeah, how many events are you hosting now? Um, I, I, I'd have to have a look at our calendar, actually. Because <laughs> we're we in a little bit of flux at the moment because some of the events that we, we tested at the beginning of the year... Uh, we've got them lined up um, for next year. Uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. At the moment, um, we have, ten, I think we've got 11 events on the calendar, but that, that includes three events that are part of the Hill Climb Challenge, they're separate. Um, right. And there's a, there's a couple of others that we're working on. Um, we've got, um, this is, we've got a trail event there's a bit of a mix down at uh, down in the Blue Mountains uh, end of November beginning of December um, and we, we're working on something else um, over Anzac uh, weekend next year Anzac Day next year actually falls on the 25th on, on a Saturday actually so we, we're working on something to run there mm. uh, so and that, that'll be that'll be around our area here where um, where we, we own a little bit of land and um, uh, we, we're trying to do something with that it was there's another um, last one standing event potentially um, in March April as well um, that's our past esque um, not on the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail, which people would immediately assume. <laughs> they that was my assumption straight away. So that, that, that's, that's the only thing that's out there. Um, the, the, um, I know that the the, 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 the the nucleus of the cycling community in that area that use it seem to think that's the only thing there. They have about, I don't know, they have about a dozen events on there uh, through the year. But, um, but no, this is on a property that... Um, Somebody's shown an interest uh, and, and approached us because uh, they, they, they want to put an event on their land. You know, they, 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 they're putting some infrastructure in there specifically to stage, you know, running events, mountain biking events, and, and make a, a, a venue for, for this sort of thing. Oh, cool. So there's something potentially really good happening there. Um, I mean, what, we want to get some of I mean, probably get it off the ground with the last one standing event, if only because it's there uh, logistically. Once you get the gear there, it's it's one of the easiest to put on and put on well, you know, um, if the venue's right. So, uh, so yeah, we got we got about with with the, the the ones that are in pencil, we probably got about a dozen or thirteen events at the moment that we're trying to get established properly, you know. And some of these will go by the wayside. There's definitely six or seven that uh, that will be here for good. Um, and and for us, if we to take over, we we want to. 
a, a reasonably good event that, that, that's that, again doesn't draw thousands of people but but it draws a nice crowd to, to, to build a nice atmosphere but one, once a month you know uh, something like that or, or sort of average that once a month is, is really good for us and it gives everybody something to do you know if they if they if they just looking for something on a weekend something a bit different as I said so but it's just it's getting we've got the framework for it to be as, as full as we can probably have it for the time being um, we are we are we are still in negotiation as well to take over an existing series of runs um, I can't really say anything about uh, at the moment but it, it is happening but um, a lot of paperwork isn't in place yet so um, so that, that's that'll, that'll be up too so, so we've been really busy we keep him busy fantastic definitely keep him busy that's very we, we're eating anyway we, we, we still, we're able to each. It's always good. Um, I have a question about uh, probably something I, I quite often ask people is like, what's their bucket list race that they'd like to do? But be, seeing as you're a race director and you like to be a creator of races, what would be if the if the budget if you had no limit to your budget, what would be your bucket list race? What kind? Like, what would you do? Like. Have you ever thought about like what would be the ultimate race that you'd like to plan? Um, it's it? not not a single race actually. I would love. I mean, it's a real pipe dream because the the, the logistics and the, the costs for participation, you know, would be astronomic. But um, never mind putting it on. Uh, yeah. But I, I would love to do a the continental series. Uh, um, that would be something like like in Australia we'd be out towards Carnarvon Gorge and around that area uh, we'd put an event on there um, then obviously coming from Wales throughout uh, Brecon Brickens in the National Park there in mid Wales um, it, some fantastic scenery there at the upper stage there and then go so a few different extremes, uh, North, North, something on the North American continent um, and South America after that and work our way back around to Australia for some sort of finale. That would be um, amazing. And taking somewhere in Asia as well. But I mean, it's not, it's, so it's not, it's not really viable without massive, massive expenditure from somebody who's got millions of dollars and they want to do it for no, no good reason. We can dream. Because you, you know? <laughs> But but yeah, I'd love to. Um, I, I, I think I'd like to put a, a. Everything's being done in Australia, just about. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's such a, it's such a, like if want to, not sure what I say, it's such a shit fight to get people's dollars. That's that's basically what it is. Yes. Um, uh, for so many different events, and and a lot of them are the same, you know, and uh, so it's just quite burgeoning here. It's not. It's not. Um, I mean, Western Australia isn't very well catered for as far as the, the, the running scene is concerned, but um, Alcamonte is still part of the same country. But I look back and I think, I, I regularly see feed from, from Wales, you know, how it's growing there and what they're doing. And, and of course, the conditions are so different because obviously, obviously here we've got the heat and everything, but um, what I what I found in the last few years is, and actually could probably bear testament to some of this. Uh, I've been on the BBRT a few times. 
Um, people are struggling in Australia more with the cold than they do with the heat, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, cope yeah. The heat. Yes. They cope with the heat. But the guys we had at BVRT in August, uh, in June rather, uh, doing the longer runs, um, especially the guys that spent two nights out there, they were, you know, they had, they had sub-zero temperatures, you know, just, just west of Ipswich. Um, so, they, you know, and, and, and it, they're really out of the out of water, you know, they're, they're really out of their comfort zone. Um, so I, I, I relate that back to places in Wales and uh, the north of England, you know, and th those sort of conditions. And I think if it was to look at an individual race, individual event, I think I'd love to go back there and put something on there on what what would have been my own pack, you know, if you like. But, I, cause, uh, and, but as for Australia, I think um, I'm happy to sit back and spectate a lot of things that go on, and you know, and and and, and learn from a lot of them as well. There's a lot of t a lot of time you go you go to other events in whatever capacity, and you you can pick up. <laughs> not only do you pick up think, oh, that's asking for trouble. That looks at you know, but there's so many more things you look at and think, oh, what a great idea. We should implement that. And um, interestingly, the uh, Ashley, you might have noticed. I don't know, but the. Um, the, the wooden spoon trophy we gave out at last one standing at the Clint Eastwood. Uh, the subsequent um, last one standing event that took place in in WA about a month later. Yeah, they had a wooden spoon. Everybody yeah. had wooden spoons, which, yep. I was, which I thought was a little bit amusing, a little bit flattering, and a little bit cheeky as well. So, but, but, um, they, they did. They 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 made it a bit simpler than you. They just gave you a wooden spoon. I know, no, this, this, At least yours was a wooden but, spoon on a plaque. But yeah, but it's but but I mean it's great. I mean it's you know people think, and you know I do the same whenever I go to that. I think oh yeah that works. That, however simple it is, and it's, things don't have to be complicated to 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 make them good. And I think that's why going back to the topic over there, the subject of an event to put on, um, knowing being as familiar with the. To, to the terrain in the country in Wales as I am. Um, I'd love to go back there knowing what I do about the area. As I said, my own patch and put an event on there and say, right, go for your life and, and just watch it unfold, you know? Because uh, everything's been done here, I think, in Australia, really. It's, um, unless, unless we do different things, so. It's so true. I, um, I have a, a, bit of a, a, a bit of a left field question. Um, as a race director, I'm sure you get lots of, um, have had lots of sort of co uh, complaints and comments and compliments about what what could be better or what could be worse in races. I mean, you see, I've been in races where things have gone catastrophically wrong, you know, like with the timing mm. or things like that. Um, what, uh, what's sort of been your, uh, sometimes I think when, especially with runners, they can get quite, uh, I guess, maybe petty about things when they're yeah. very, when they're tired. <clears throat> um, yeah. What's been your biggest sort of, oh my, your sort of your most annoying gripe that that people throw at you? Oh, you, you <laughs> put you, I put you, you on know, it. <laughs> talk about talk about timing, good timing, and and race timing. Um, I think uh, I think of the. I mean, a very recent and very raw example. We had um, the Butter 24 on the weekend, which, as I said, is a track ultra. Uh, yeah, up here on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. 
And um, it's not a big event. We're trying to get it established. It's the third year it's been running, and it's it's changed hands once. I took it over last year from a, a group of runners, uh, so we didn't have much lead in time. And we changed location, changed the venue this year. So again, it's like a new event, but um, potentially it's it, it's it, it could have a, a really good future on the ultra running calendar, which is never is never going to be a ton of people in this sort of event, but. Um, and one of the the Sri Srimnoy organization, the Sri Srimnoy Marathon uh, organization, they 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 record still, I think, most of their track ultras by hand oh. with a, an endless supply of volunteers who have a list of runners that they look after. They check their number and they record manually. Wow. The, the, lap, the, the lap that they'd make and, and the time they took and it's you know it's very accurate very thorough and each each volunteer is relieved after three hours and then another volunteer comes in and you know it's a massive force of volunteers to, to have at your disposal um unfortunately a a, a, a byproduct of there being so many or symptom maybe of there being so many uh events on the calendar there's, there's a lot less volunteers to go around absolutely um, <laughs> uh, so you can't do that sort of thing so electronic timing uh, I think is a must anyway uh, at any event these days but I think um, in, a, in a track race in a lap race it's even more important and um, and I think the what 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 there's two, two things one is General participation don't really understand how it works, uh, and certainly don't understand that you know what it, it doesn't actually fail. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. If, if it's if it beeps when you cross the timing point, it's recording your lap every time. Yeah. You know? It's not failing. It, it just doesn't. Yeah. And uh, and occasionally the organizer. I've gone myself. I've done it. I've screwed something up with the timing system. And then something out of sequence and lost all the time, and we did that just this year. Of course, I had no time and data, and I had to retrieve everybody's personal record of their time from from in the in the, in the ensuing weeks to get it. Everybody just about cooperated, and it, it was great, you know. And uh, but but it was a, it was a screw up, um, and that was me personally. It was, it was my fault. So you had to wear but, um, <laughs> but generally, this stuff works, you know, and it, and it doesn't matter how unhappy you are about something, it doesn't change the fact that that's the reality for you, you know? And uh, so we, uh, and, and what we get as a, and, and this, I'm, I'm getting to your, to, to your question, what we get from the advent of the easily accessible GPS that we now have, um, like what, what, what we got now, I mean, 15, 10 years ago even, you know, if somebody had a Garmin, it was like, oh, cool, you know, one of the cool kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. But now everyone's got a Garmin or a Sunto or some device that'll give them GPS. And the amount of people that will come to any event, whether it's a trail event that's 30K, 50K, and say, oh, the course is short or what, well, and it probably isn't, it's probably measured properly and the, the understanding that, that, that the GPS didn't, isn't as accurate as it could be, for a number of reasons, yes. um, is not sort of understood by a lot of people. That's not that's no that that is no more stark a reality than than when you're on a 400 meter track. Yes, where 50% um, of the track is on on a semi circle, um, 
and so you lose or gain so much distance um, that you know it, it's not worth having your GPS on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, whatever you say you've run, you've run X amount of 400 meter laps, and that's it. You know. Yeah. And we, we and we have had and we, we had it last year and the year before and we had a uh, one or two people that just over the weekend. Can I check my? You know, we had we had we took people off the track on the weekend because there was a lightning storm coming through, oh, an wow. electrical storm through. So we had them off the track for a while. So we left the timing system running, but disconnected from it. Yeah. So yeah, for the same reason as you don't get on the phone when it's lightning and that sort of thing, you know. So so that meant our computers weren't connected to anything, and you know, but the timing was running. So soon afterwards, you got back on the track, and we get things like. Oh, can I can I update on my thing? Yeah, it's, it's updating online. Okay. Oh, I'm five k short, or I'm this short. Now they've been running around this loop for by that time uh, five six hours, and to be four five k out, well unusual, yeah. is is not unheard of, you know. And so I, I can look at the data and think, well, no, I I got your slits here, and I can see there where you were off the track, and there was, you know, but the GPS factor is overwhelming for some people and and it's um it's something that that's is it's not it's not it's not something technologically we have to overcome as a running community but it's something that we have to understand uh and understand it's um it's limitations yeah and understand its purpose you know understand its purpose i think and um it's uh it's it's and it, man, it's, it's not happening, I guess. Um, and as look, as a training aid, GPS watch is brilliant, you know. Uh, and as a as a rough guy, and, and look, they're pretty good these days on a point to point race. Yeah. Um, but if you're going around in a loop and the tighter the loop is, you know, then um, then the more inaccurate it is. And and yeah. you can get two people who do two identical things with the identical watches, and one will get you know, a completely different reading to the other, and and you know, I, I it's, it's just uh, it doesn't matter how well you explain it, it it's still it's you you don't have happy campers, and I think that's probably my biggest um, biggest not not gripe or complaint, my biggest observation, or most important observation with um, and it's a relationship between race organisers and participants. You know, the, the biggest thing that we need to address is participation because a, a, anything else that you think, oh, the complaints you come across and stuff like that, they're it's always valid. Yeah. Because um, even if it, even if it's a misunderstanding on the part of the person taking part, or if it's a failure on the part of the organizer, whatever it is, that complaint is real to that person. That issue is real. But that's if it's their perception, and you know, uh, saying, "Oh, you know, somebody's perception is their reality." You know, and well, they what it is yeah. for them, it's an issue. And uh, it's like the, it's like the, you know, driving away. Did you leave the lights on or something like that? You know, it doesn't matter how much you think about it, or the garage door open or whatever. It doesn't matter how much you think about it, how much you know you've got it covered. At some point, you know you've got to go back and have a look. You know, if somebody's raised the issue that, uh, you know. It, you could have done some course marking there it was a bit better, and you think like, well, I know, I know the course marking was brilliant. You, you, you couldn't possibly have taken the wrong turn there. If somebody did, they did for whatever reason, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and whether
whether it was the market, whether it was the, they weren't looking where they were going, whatever, whoever's responsible for it, if somebody's raised it, it's an issue. Um, so those sort of things, I don't really see them as complaints. It might be whenever he's tired and you've been up all night, you know, uh, participants and organizers and around uh, you, then everybody's nervous. It's got a bit frayed and, and it might be a bit of a bugbear then. But in a call like that, you've got to look back and think, okay, well, that, that person thought it was enough of an issue to them to raise it with you. Um, and I'd much rather somebody do that than go and complain about it to their mates and then their mates' mates and stuff like that. Uh, because A, you don't get to hear about it, uh, but there's a bad vibe about it. And B, whatever issue it was, just doesn't get addressed. So I don't see things like that as complaints, but I think the, because I think they're part and parcel of, of a relationship you have to develop with, with, at the end of the day, the people who are giving you their money, you know, uh, for, for to, to, to have a good time. Yeah. Um, it's um, yeah, the, the way we use technology and the way um, th that's um, the way that that's administered and the way the information relating to that is conveyed um, it needs to be worked on. I, I know certainly myself, I, I've been um, direct at times with people when they're persistent with something that really can't be changed. Uh, uh, I think you have to. Uh, I think I think my customer service and customer relationship uh, sort of handling is, is pretty good. But I know as well that there are moments when I'm I'm not um, as patient as I could be. Uh, and and sometimes an organizer, as an organizer, I think you need to step back and and remember that with the timing, for instance, in, in our in our case, I've worked in IT for three years. I know uh, thirty years. I know how it works inside and out. It's very easy for me to grasp what's going on when we set up a timing system, chip reading, and what have you. Yeah. Um, the, the typical person in the street might barely use the computer other than they just have to, you know, in their daily life. Uh, so don't really understand. All they want to know is um, they put a chip on and it works. Mm. They don't need the details of why it works and how it works and what it does when it doesn't work. And, you know, what, they don't need that. They just want to know why they've got. 25k instead of the 30k they thought they had or you know that sort of thing yeah so i think uh, that's probably uh, again it's not so much that I, I, it is it is i think the most common um common issue i think that is raised that is this is the most difficult to find some sort of balance with and some sort of understanding with because the numbers don't lie that's the problem with it. there's no there's no uh, room for manoeuvre with it. There's no wriggle room. It, you can't, it is what it is, you know? They're just numbers, uh, and you, you can't change them because they're very real. Uh, so it's, it's the understanding of them that has to be changed. So rather than it be a more common complaint, the, co the most common issue, I think, that, that needs to be addressed. Everything else is just, um, as I said, everything else is just good customer service. And as I said, if somebody's raised an issue, then it's an issue. And as an organizer, you need to understand that. And um, uh, you can't just crop it off just because, well, how the hell did they make the turn there, you know? It doesn't matter, they did. <laughs> it doesn't matter how they did it. They did. And if they lost in the book for an hour because because they did, then it's the problem. And I, I'm yeah. the first to say that I've been, you know, a, a bit cold at times, depending on the time of day and a, and a bit direct. And um, uh, I, I don't think I've been rude, but... Um, but you know what I mean. It's, uh, Absolutely. It's, it's, I th hopefully this. Uh, I c Sorry, go Ash. No, I I could just two a couple of things. GPS. 
GPS was originally set up by, this is GPS, not GONAS. So GPS was originally set up by the US military as a military system for aiming weapons. And it's not as accurate as people think because they don't want you to be able to use it in that fashion as the civilian. So, yes, mm-hmm. totally agree with that. Like, right. you, you see it all the time. Even, even in a race I did this year with my ales, I went, oh, I was short and I was running off a GPS, you know. And, and I, it was only because I wanted the time on my watch, not because, um, you know, I didn't come the place I came in the race. I came to play that, that place whether I'd run the distance or not. And then the other one on, you know, taking the wrong turn, like on the BDRT, that you couldn't you couldn't get a better marked course. It is, if if you're off that course, something's gone wrong. And, and I remember having a chat with somebody afterwards on that race, and they they actually ended up in a paddock. And it's like, how did you do that? And they said, I must have fallen asleep while running to end up in the paddock. <laughs> so. And it does happen. It, yeah. Look, things like that happen, you know. And again, depending on your state of mind at the time, and and the nature of the person you are, that dictates how you handle it. Some people would say, as you just said, I must have fallen asleep, you know. And, it, and it's and it's on them. They know that. And uh, others would say because they, they get people feel get very um, uh, defensive about things, you know. And, and that's part of their makeup, and they they have to find a reason for for, for something as well. But on the other hand, uh, going to the BBRT particularly, um, we marked that um, there's a couple of locations there uh, around Lowood and coming out of Esk, I think, and a little bit, but not so much um, around Linville and um, that, that area. Um, we marked our course the same as we did last year, exactly the same, when we had no issues. But then it occurred to me, I got a few people saying, look, I went this wrong way, you know, this is it should be marked better. And the contrast is, I had some people phone me and say, "Look, I'm miles off the course. I've missed a turn. Can you direct me back?" You know, on the phone. So there's a different approach, but a different people try to resolve it in a different way. Some people just deal with it, and it is what it is. How do I get back? Some people just just can't deal with it. And you know, as I said earlier, it's an issue for them. So it's an issue for everybody. It should be, and it should be addressed. But Again, getting back to that, we we marked it exactly as we did last year, and we had no issues last year, and then we had quite a few uh, crop up this year. And I thought about it afterwards. We marked, we we changed direction. We were going in the opposite direction this year, um, and it was marked from the perspective of going west as opposed to traveling east. Going going east, yeah. So that that marking certainly, and obviously, there's evidence that it's you know it's anecdotal evidence now that that. That wasn't sufficient in that direction. So while while somebody like yourself, actually, who, who spend a lot of time on there now, uh, can probably not even looking at the markings a lot. You might notice them and say, "Oh, yeah, that's, that's okay there," and, but you know where you're going anyway. For somebody yeah. who just turns up there, um, even somebody who ran last year, and that's the only time they've run it before, and they've run in the opposite direction this year, but the markings the same. And as such, it's not sufficient. You can see why they'd get off track, you know. So, and uh, and then again, people who are familiar with something will say, "God, how did they get off there?" But from my point of view, as a, as a director, um, and it sometimes occurs to me, uh, as in this instance, after the event, oh yeah, I can see now why they might have gone wrong there because effectively there was no mark in there. But if they were coming the other way, it'd have been great. You know, so there's sometimes things that, that like that, 
and I thought to myself, how 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 didn't I think of that beforehand? How did I not think of that beforehand? You know, because uh, it's obvious, really. But but sometimes the obvious things is you just go by the wayside, you just miss them. And if you miss them, you just gotta put your hand up to it and just say, we make sure it's different next year. You know. So it's, uh, it's 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 a very very mixed bag, and and it's it's to do it's, a, it's so many factors such as a course market particularly is is always a uh, this it's always contentious anyway, but um, but there's a combination of things like what is it in that person's nature to be um, to, or to take ownership of things themselves? Uh, is is that person? Somebody who's never run on a trail before, really, and is only running in city marathons, where really you you just got to keep running. You you don't worry about anything else, you know. Or all all these different factors. Or, or have you, as an organizer, as we did this on this occasion, definitely an oversight. Uh, and you know, is it one of those things? There's so many things you have to consider, and you can never ever rule out. Um, Again, with relation to marketing in particular, you can never rule out the fact that yeah, maybe we made a mistake, you know. And 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 if you look at that first, if you covered every angle and then go from there, then then hopefully you correct any issues or identify at least what 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 they actually are, as opposed to what perception of them being. It's um is. yeah, that's it's a the course marking thing, I think is universally very difficult. Um, and especially if you're relying on volunteers to mark it. And I mean, obviously I've been in some events where it's poorly marked, but you have to have a knowledge of the course and which helps. And, mm. But then I've also been in events where they've almost overmarked, you know? So you've got so, yeah. many, so many course markings that you'd, you'd have to be running with your eyes closed to miss it. Um, yeah. And so I think that it's, yeah, I think there is a fair bit of onus and this is, yeah, there's onus on the, on the runner. To an extent, you know, and I'm sure it's in. Absolutely, it is absolutely. Yeah, and like we have. Should, um, sorry, carry on. You should, you should, you should know the course, you know, yeah. um, and the BBRT is probably, uh, as far as this is concerned, probably not the best example because it just is what it is. If people on it every day, there's a there's a marker uh, every kilometer telling you where you are, how far along it you are. You know, and these are for safety. So if you get into trouble on there, you can ring emergency service and say, "Well, I'm on the BBRT. I'm at marker number 52 between Eskin Lowood or wherever." You know, and that's that's that, that, so it's just not a um, it's not the best example. However, it is a really good example of um, the responsibility of the 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 participant as well, the needing to know where they're going. Absolutely, um, it's not an event that we can. You know, I, I say you have to have access. One of the mandatory items is, is access to the course map. So whether it's on your phone or, or whatever, you know. Uh, but um, but really, it's just an idea to say, look, I, I am between these two townships, so this is where I am. If they have to call up or something like that, it's not really a, a need for that for that for directional purposes. Um, uh, but for any other course, especially when you're generally in the bush or on track in the bush. Then yeah, you, you know, you need to know what the course is. You need to know when, at least, have an idea of how far. And this is where GPS does come into its own, because even though it's it's it's, it's not wildly inaccurate by any stretch, you know, and, and it's it's very accurate over shorter distances from A to B. So you need to know if 
it shouldn't be a right turn here in about 2k then yeah. you know in 3k that's not your gps you know you missed a turn yeah you know yeah. So, so you need to be familiar with the course and know where you roughly where you should be turning and what the shape of the course is in your mind that's right i've tended to do in the past i have a, I have a picture of the shape of the course in my head yes um as opposed to distances um but but at the same time just the same as I can say, you know, okay, sometimes you miss things, sorry, we'll make it better next time. Um, but the same token, any participant is entitled to be in that position as well and think, you know what, I didn't have a phone with me or I, I made a mistake or I missed it or I was looking at my, you know, I, I crouched down to do my shoelaces up and I didn't notice the marker behind, you know, something like that, I don't know. Uh, and they missed it and it comes right back full circle to, to the point I made earlier which is if somebody's raised something as an issue then it's an issue you know it, it is yeah the fact that it's not an issue for everybody it's not even relevant uh, and we, we sort of in the bush we, we mark um, or whether it's whether it's plantation or whether it's national park or whatever we mark um, try to mark every hundred meters or so yeah. And, um, and if it's if it's twisty or whatever, we try and make sure that ahead of you or behind you, you can see the previous or the next marker. Yeah. So it's not ten meters or anything ridiculous like that, but but it's sort of you've got something in your line of sight. And I've never I've never heard anybody who's experienced saying, "Oh, you're too much marking there." Yeah. Maybe in check, you know, because you're taking all the fun out of it. Awesome. But I may say it as a bit of a joke. I know you'd only say that, but I've only ever heard anybody take issue with, with not enough marking. Yeah. However, however well you've marked a course, if somebody says, whoever they are, I felt there wasn't enough marking, then it wasn't enough marking for them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, they're the ones who paid the money. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's as simple as that, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it's a it's, um, very good point. I think it is like, yeah, it'd be another challenge for race directors altogether is the marking, you know, like getting that right is very difficult. Um, but look, we're almost out of time, unfortunately. We've got uh, a busy schedule today, Ashley and I. And um, but before we let you go, Alan, um, just can you just tell us for people who are listening who might be because we've got people who listen from all over the country and all over the world um, where they can find out about your races? Um, obviously, www.aaracing.com.au. Uh, we try and keep on top of the website, website but we're not um, exactly heavily staffed. <laughs> yep. But um, on the Facebook page, obviously, AAA Racing and Coaching. Um, but, uh, you know, keep an eye on those. There's always, uh, we, we, especially leading into events, we're always posting uh, anything that's relevant, anything you know. That's, I mean, don't, look, we don't we don't just focus on our own events. We we you know we, we're keen on knowing what's going on with other events as well. But obviously, that they, they serve our purpose more than anybody else's. But yeah, go to the website. Excellent. Um, and uh, and take a look. And I'd say to anybody, never be um, never be overawed by anything or, or or scared to have a crack at anything, whatever it is. Um, because uh, and, and look, and this isn't just. Us. This isn't just AAA racing. I know that the the majority of race directors, and this sometimes gets lost in the bigger events. It's it, it just just a fact. Um, the, the main thing that we are we um, the main thing we operate under our main 
sort of ethos, if you like, is to focus always on safety, you know, and we don't always get it right, but if we feel that if you, if you put a safe event on, the everything else falls into place and it's a good event, you know, because it has to, if safety is looked at as a priority, then everything, everything else has to tie in with that. Yeah. Um, uh, just to make it safe and that means that it's a good event. So whatever your, your, your ability or your thoughts or your fears or, you know, whether it's running in the dark or whatever it is, or somebody's looking after you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we take every measure we can to make sure that we do that. So if you're contemplating having a go at anything, whatever it is, uh, just have a go, have a go, because people will look after you. Yeah. And uh, and I say that's not just us. I think most most organisers look at that the same way. Yeah. And yeah, get Excellent. on with it and, and see how you go. It's a great piece of advice. Ash, do you have any a, a final question for uh, Alan? Yeah. No, I, I learned a lot this morning. I've known Elle for a long time. Yeah. And um, I still learned a lot this morning, so I, I, I can't complain, that's for sure. I've got a bunch of other questions, but uh, not enough time for them to be answered. Yeah. So um, I, feel I think like we'll call it quits there. Absolutely. I, I, we didn't even get a chance to delve into your coaching, so we may have to have you back on, Alan, to talk about some coaching, because I am a coach as well. And um, oh, I, I mean, could, we could have a... Um, a, a conversation about what makes a good trail runner but unfortunately if we open that can of worms we'll be here for another two hours and um yeah, yeah. absolutely no anytime really appreciate your time today alan and we'll uh we'll we'll bid you farewell and i will we'll end the episode here no problem thanks a lot for your time guys thank you no worries cheers hey trail runners i hope you enjoyed this episode of the trail runners experience if you like this podcast and you like what I do here, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your running friends. It really helps the podcast grow when you do that. See you next time on the Trail Runners Experience.